Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammy. Hey, Cammy, what up? Hey, Bryant, how are you? I'm good. I just got back getting Kinley from school, which means sitting in my car and just sweating. So <laughs> I'm glad you can't smell me right now. Yeah, I just picked up a kid from school as well. <laughs> it's great. We're both working hard. So, Cammy, we've got uh, a fun topic today on mystery. You know, we pick uh, anything from mythological figures to legends to historical events. This this one's a little more grounded. He he, it's Sir Francis Drake, the very uh, famous or infamous uh, British pirate of the 16th century. You probably have heard of him. Uh, we know him from the Uncharted video game series, I think, is really where it kind of came up. And that's that's fun. That's Nathan Drake says he's related to him. Who knows? Well, in the third one, you find out. Or the fourth one? I don't know. I the fourth remember. one, you find out the truth. Oh, I don't even remember the truth anymore. Well, geez. Oh, you got to play it like, again. Rem- yeah, I really should. I really <laughs> should. But uh, this is a fun story. That we'll, we're going to get into. We've got a lot to kind of cover, but uh, Cami will give the story and then I'll go into some of the history and stuff that's behind it. Uh, this guy was, what he did was pretty wild and, and what it did for England too. So Cami, uh, please take us away with your story. Sure. So I used a couple of Wikipedia articles, uh, the Golden Hind and the Francis Drake page as well. And I also used an article from Wired, April 4th, 1581, Francis Drake knighted by his grateful queen. Francis Drake, the notorious pirate, had found a crew for another profitable voyage. He told the men he was going to traverse the Nile to trade along Egypt's famous route. But it wasn't long before the men realized they were sailing a different path entirely. He led them through the Strait of Magellan onto the Pacific Ocean, but he reached the sea at great cost. Only three ships of the original fleet remained, but he pressed on. His goal was treasure. His target, with the request and purse of the crown, was Spain's settlements along the America's coastline. Of the three ships who made it to the Pacific, only one weathered the rough seas near near South America. A terrible storm caused the Marigold to sink with all the sailors aboard. The second ship had to return to England. So Drake sailed the Pelican, newly christened the Golden Hind, onto the settlements he wished to plunder. He sacked cities all along the Pacific coast of modern-day California, plundering treasure from every port he came across, and claimed the land for the crown. When he headed home, he had traveled 36,000 miles, becoming the first man to circumnavigate the world. When he returned, he invited Queen Elizabeth I aboard his ship, to see the wonders for herself. When she boarded the vessel, she asked the ambassador of France to accompany her, for what she was about to do was unheard of, and she wanted to she wanted her move to signal a trust between the two nations. So on April 4th, 1581, surrounded by the gold the pirate plundered for his queen, she had Drake kneel before her and drew a sword. He bowed, unsure of what would come next. She taps each of his shoulders with the blade and said, I dub you Sir Francis Drake. The pirate was now a knight. Hey, it must have been a hard sell. Like all this gold, <laughs> make a pirate, a sir, a knighted. Yeah, that that happened. This guy was knighted by the the Queen of England at the time, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, this is the 16th century. So, you know, Columbus sailed the ocean blue when, Cammy? 1482. 
1492. 92. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew it rhymed. Just, just, <laughs> just, yeah, 1492. Yeah, there's the two. But that's so, you know, we're, we're kind of well into the ability to start kind of going here, but it's still fairly early on in the transatlantic voyages. But uh, Drake really took it over and became like a, a, an expert very quickly. He is, uh, he, he, so he was born around 1540. His, his exact birth date isn't super known. And, you know, as far as sources go here, um, what, what I use, of course, I, I Britannica and Wikipedia History had an elaborate write-up. Biography.com that, that I used recently had a great write-up too. But uh, as far there's a ton of secondary sources. This guy has been written about uh, a ton by major historians over the last hundred years. Uh, there's tons of, of books, and it's really interesting to see. One of the I kind of scanned some of the secondary sources. One of the ones I liked was uh, this essay. I, I only briefly looked at it, but it is available online for free. It's by David Quinn. It's entitled uh, "Sir Francis Drake as Seen by His Contemporaries: An Essay." So it wasn't too long. I I, I scanned through it and. Um, I like that, and that that that. What's cool about this time period, the 16th century, is it was uh, really important. It had been really important for hundreds of years to document things, especially with these voyages, these transatlantic voyages. Um, I, I took a Latin American history course when I was in high school, and I got a little bit of uh, a colonial uh, time period one, and um, I got an idea of how important it was for like these Portuguese and Spanish ships to, to keep, to, to, to be insured, to have insurance on their ships. You know, like yeah, you, you can't just fund a voyage without insurance because a, a storm might take it. And then five years later it's confirmed gone and no one's seen it and you get some money back. Um, but the, you know, you, you wanted to log everything for tax purposes. It was really important, all these things. So I guess the benefit of that is we get to see, like two sides of it too, because there's even like uh, notes from Francis Drake um, that we have. There, there's diaries. There's tons of contemporary and primary sources that kind of talk about the events. But there's also like you know logs and these like uh, official sources that kind of show a back end of things that is really cool. Because that's for a long time, um, basically after the 1560s into the 1570s, Drake was like an official privateer which is basically a pirate that's commissioned federally by the government like you you go be a pirate for me and there were rules there were some crazy rules about all that too i remember watching the the show turn the amc show and they talk about that a little bit too there's there's some weird legal stuff that goes around like it's it's legal piracy pretty much honestly it's it's wild so uh drake he started off pretty early it seems like his family was was well off for the most part or well to do i should say but I mean, he did have to work, uh, and he but he was uh, apprenticed to a merchant, and would soon work with William Hawkins, who I, th- I believe was a merchant, had his own ship uh, called a bark, and he actually liked uh, Drake so much, his seamanship and and what he conveyed, he gave uh, Drake the bark in his will, and Drake would work with very closely with John Hawkins, who was the cousin of William Hawkins. They worked for quite a while um, in the 1560s is where things really start to ramp up for Drake. They have a immensely uh, successful break on the Portuguese. You know, the Portuguese at this time were the, the literally the monopoly of the Atlantic slave trade. And they successfully essentially stole ships, hijacked the cargo, which was people, and then uh, in, in, in their profit. So this is uh, scholars like uh, Chris Lane actually... Note that Drake and Hawkins are essentially some of the first 
English slave traders of and uh, which is which is wild and it's it's been a big topic of controversy and so there's a lot of modern things like you know uh Drake essentially like founded California for England he was the first like Englishman to land in California and in today that's reflected he called it New Albion and there's like roads named after him there's statues a lot of that's been changing lately and I think that's a good thing because Drake uh, after his success was sort of roped up into this idea of like um, Anglo identity that fed it, Wikipedia calls it this uh, racialism I- idea that helped feed ideas like manifest destiny. So while Drake, this was a, a definitely not something to praise about Drake was a really prolific adventurer um, aside from this. And at, at least as far as it goes, he doesn't seem to have uh, worked on this at all anyway. So the fifth, after the 1560s, uh, or in the late 1560s, though, um, while uh, him and Hawkins were doing their thing, uh, they were attacked, essentially in a counterattack, by in, in, in a Mexican port. Um, this totally changed Drake's sort of point of view on things. Um, Hawkins and Drake made it out alive, but just barely. Great cost. And the historians sort of know this is when Drake became the the bane of Spain's existence. This is when Drake really took a personal uh, hate against King Philip II of, of Spain. And he ended up becoming, uh, he, he earned the name El Drake, which means the dragon, and racked up, apparently racked up a bounty that was worth several million dollars. So can you imagine if you captured Drake today, you could actually afford a home? It's true. <laughs> All you have to do is capture him. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's pretty wild. He his most famous stuff was in like the fifteen sixties and seventies. Um, he had this big uh, escapade where he attacked. Um, yeah, they they found they basically during some raids in the fifteen seventies they captured twenty tons of silver and gold. They had to bury uh, so much of it because it was too much. Like like so they were literally burying it while they're being pursued but drake uh, rallies his men buries the treasure builds they build a raft to sail 10 miles to actually make it to the uh, the dockyard where his ship is they think that things are like going terrible and he tease uh, he reportedly teased pulls a uh, like he looks terrible pulls a necklace of spanish gold from his neck and says our voyage is made lads so he he's very like i think everything we get from like pirates of the caribbean is is like this guy <laughs> um but he did he like uh, they say investors that well, went on one of these voyages got a four thousand percent return on it queen elizabeth did uh in in 1572 uh, actually uh hire him to become a privateer but a lot of his stuff she actually couldn't like uh, officially do because she had signed peace contracts with Spain, especially after Hawkins had attacked the the Portuguese uh, West African slave trade ships. They actually they had sent ambassadors. It was there was a lot of stuff going on, but they they still kind of kept it going, just sort of incognito. So after that sixty eight attack, Drake he he becomes an asset of the crown. He focuses on uh, not just getting loot, but but specifically raiding and attacking the Spanish. After his um. A circumnavigation in 77, though, he comes back in the eight, uh, 1580s. Uh, he's knighted. He gets an estate. He becomes a politician. And he is actually later appointed um, a vice admiral of the Navy in 1588 when there is the, the specific Spanish and uh, Anglo wars um, that, would, that would end shortly after or a couple of years after Francis Drake died. So pretty wild. Um, he, he ends. He does sadly end up just kind of dying of dysentery. This this magical dude with who you know made the Atlantic 
voyage several times over, gets dysentery and dies uh, in the late 1590s. He was in his late 50s when it happened. His legacy really went on after that. Um, It's really cool, actually. There's a ton of um, folklore in Chile and other Latin American countries where they believe there is buried treasure specifically so there's a lot of these motifs and i mean he he, it was a tactic that they would use they would have so much that they couldn't carry so they they quite literally would that ship sunk the marigold sunk. i mean so you have the ship the whole crew's there i mean they've been plundering every ship they came across that had a spanish flag for the entire voyage so i'm sure there was stuff on that ship for one yeah. it's funny in that that um that essay that i mentioned the as as he was seen by his contemporaries uh, in the prologue of it uh he know he does note that he gained a lot of notoriety in catholic countries and i was surprised that he said that and and that makes sense it, it really encompasses it too he was a part drake was present during a what's called the rathlin island massacre this was a, a containment event that happened in ireland drake it doesn't seem to have taken part of it other than essentially kind of acting as a blockade um from reinforcements but but many irish people were just slaughtered by ships who you know, these people who were trying to rebel and so it it does he, he really does seem yeah like notoriety in catholic countries is the quote and that definitely uh, is the case because portugal spain and the latin american uh colonies definitely weren't uh happy with him and that makes a lot of sense so um yeah, and, and of course, like we see things today like um, Uncharted, he's really mentioned a lot. Uh, California, uh, as I said before, too, lot, there was a statue that was removed recently. Lots of streets were um, used to be named after him. A lot of that's changing now, though. Uh, and I think rightfully so. I, I, I think it's worth mentioning and talking about Drake. He had, uh, when he was raiding in Panama during the uh, 1570s, um, he had a... a crew including french privateers um he worked with maroons who were uh, enslaved africans who had escaped from spanish slave owners um one guy noted diego was freed under him as well um, and helped build ships so he 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 really is like a, a fictional character when you look at his exploits it's it's really wild that he was able to just freaking live this long in a time when people were like dying from drinking water uh, around their places so <laughs> well i mean is isn't that how you get dysentery <laughs> yeah I, yeah that's true I <laughs> i'm not sure did. but <laughs> Yeah, I don't know either. I didn't. Oregon Trail never explained that. It just said you got it. <laughs> uh, the last kind of wild thing um, with him in the 1920s and 30s, this dude, I'm going to just kind of directly quote Wikipedia here. Oscar Hartzell perpetrated a, a vast confidence scheme. He convinced thousands of people, mostly in the American Midwest, that Drake's fortune was being held by the British government and had compounded to a huge amount, compounded to a huge amount. If their last name was Drake, they may be eligible for a share if they paid Hartzell to be their agent. So mm-hmm. if you get a text message that says, we've been trying to reach you about your last name, Drake... It is another car warranty scam. No, yeah, so this dude, um, the swindle continued until a copy of Drake's will was brought to Hartzell's mail fraud trial, and he was convicted. His mail fraud trial, that's <laughs> that's what got him, and he was convicted in, in prison. So that's maybe that's why Nathan Drake from Uncharted was trying to prove that he was related to him. He just wanted to continue <laughs> continue the swindle. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. There's also uh, a myth. Uh, that he's you know in his resting place in the ocean waiting to rise again when England needs him, just like King Arthur. That I guess they'll both pop up out of the ground and be like, "What are you doing here?" Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's Nathan or that's uh, Francis Drake in a nutshell. 
pretty wild guy. Uh, I'm surprised there hasn't really been many movies or anything like that made out of him. I guess just he really is like the model pirate adventurer that we we know most stuff is based off of today. I think that's really where it comes out of. Uh, I think that's all I've got, though, Cammy. Thanks for your story. Um, I, you know, I meant to look up, maybe I'll kind of look up and, and comment. I meant to look up um, into knightings, like being knighted. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to learn a little bit more about that, what it kind of constitutes. Is it really just a matter of like bribe? Like, was it a bribe for, in his case? Um, was it a matter of like exemplary service? Uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. So I'd like to kind of see like the precedent of people being knighted, like who who well who gets... it's it's like a bunch of musicians and I, actors correct. now correct yeah <laughs> so... well I, none of that no one's attacking spain stealing from them and giving it to england so uh yeah i i wonder just at the time contemporaries like who who was being knighted at the time and for what what for i imagine it it would be you know pretty interesting and and what his social status was to to enable it that kind of thing so yeah well thanks for your story again uh, everyone, let us know what you think. If you have any suggestions for upcoming topics, let us know too. Mystery with an IE at Gmail. You can get in touch with us. You can also watch this on YouTube. We've got our link tree in the description as well. That takes you to everything that we've got. So click that and you can go anywhere you like. Uh, I think that's it. Cami, anything to add? That's all I've got. All right, everyone. Well, we will see you next time. Oh, oh.